a thousand generations, the Jedi Knights were the guardians of peace and justice in the old Republic. Before the dark times. Before the Empire. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Starlight Beacon, a Star Wars High Republic podcast. It's been a while, but this is Gary, and as always, I am joined by the Rudy Librarian himself, Brian. Brian, how are you? Swell. Uh, maybe a, a above average swell. Just above average. Well, Brian, it's almost your birthday, and that's exciting. It is almost my birthday. It's a it's a not important birthday. It's like the year before an important birthday. It's also the year before an important wedding anniversary. So this year kind of feels like a holdover year. You are turning 20. Is that what you're saying? Because 21 is next year, the important birthday. Uh, no, no, I am definitely not turning 20. I don't feel anywhere near 20 anymore. I'm, I'm turning 39 this year. Oh, okay. Okay. And, yeah. And, and have my 19th wedding anniversary this summer. You don't look a day over 38. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> it's, the, uh, it's the exfoliating. Yes. Well, by the time this episode comes out, it will have been your birthday. So have a happy birthday. I hope you had a great birthday. And it was a wonderful birthday. In the future, you told me this is the best birthday I've ever had. Uh, thank you. And, and I'll just publicly thank you as well for the uh, excellent Star Wars book you sent me. Uh, yeah, that is my favorite Star Wars book. And, and if you guys are wondering what book that is, it's Mighty Chewbacca and the Forest of Fear. You might be like, Gary, how is that your favorite Star Wars book? But it, when you read it, you'll be like, yo, this book is awesome and it's super fun. Absolutely. And I think just the 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 cover and the design, uh, you've talked a lot about how you like the weirder stuff. And I think that, you know, there may be some of the weirder stuff in there. I haven't read it, so. I also think, I could be wrong, but I think the main character is a librarian, so. Then it's automatically one of the best books ever written. Ever written. Any book. Right. Do you watch the show, The Librarian? Is that what you're into that? I've I've watched some of it and I enjoyed it, but I haven't finished it. I've watched some of it. I get distracted. I have never watched it. It has like an Indiana Jones vibe to it, right? Yeah, yeah, and it's got like I think is it like Noah Wiley or something that's the lead actor. Yes, yeah. I, I also could not tell you when that was on. Like if you could, if you told me it's current, I believe you. If you told me it was on in two thousand and two, I'd also believe you. I have no idea when that show's from. Yes, it was all of those. I don't know. It's <laughs> I don't know what year it came out, but. It's it definitely one of those where it feels like it could have been yesterday or years ago. Also, it has Rebecca Romaine Stamos in it. Oh, she doesn't go by Stamos anymore. Rebecca Romaine in it. Mm, yes. Uh, uh, yeah, she, they haven't been married in a long time. Right. <laughs> like X-Men days. But she, yeah. And she's good in it. Like, she's, I like her. I don't think anyone's ever said she's a good actress before other than you. So I appreciate that. And I'm not throwing shade at Rebecca Romaine. Just I don't hear that very often. Yeah, I'm often told I have wrong opinions about movies and TV shows, but <laughs> she, uh, uh, I, like in X-Men, you don't really get to see her acting chops very much at all, but you do see a little bit of it in uh, in The Librarian, so she's decent. So what we're saying is Rebecca Romaine is our choice for Avar Chris in the live-action High Republic? 
Visually, I could see that, although I think she'd probably be a little shorter. Yes, yes, yes. Um, you know what? If they do it, I'd be like, okay, I give anybody a chance. After like seeing like, you know, Heath Ledger as the Joker, you're like, okay, I'll, I'm not going to judge any casting until I actually see this person perform that role. Right. You got the dude from 10 Things I Hate About You, and you put him in as the Joker? What are you thinking? Oh, you're thinking he's phenomenal, and you're right. Okay. He's a good actor, yeah. Um, and I th- appreciate the the thank you, but I want to thank you for for being a good pal and talking to me when I was uh, sick for the past month. Um, that's why we haven't done an episode. I uh, was sick and in the hospital, and Brian was uh, there to kind of talk me through a lot of things. So I appreciate that and keep me in his thoughts and prayers. And anybody who reached out on our social media or my social media, I, I greatly appreciate that. Being sick sucked, but uh, I'm healthy now and back to normal and ready to talk about some Star Wars stuff. Yay, Star Wars. Before we get into some news, what kind of Star Wars stuff have you been up to personally recently? Well, a lot of talking about Star Wars primarily. Um, Obviously, I'm sure we're going to talk about this a little bit. I've started The Bad Batch. I'm not as far as I think you are. I've only watched the first episode. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, mostly like drooling over upcoming Star Wars books. That'd probably be kind of my limit right now. I haven't haven't done a ton, but I have I have been still in touch. Yeah, we said that uh, it's like the best year ever for Star Wars publishing, and I'm looking at our notes about what we're about to talk about with some news, and it probably really is. We're getting a lot of crazy stuff going on. Um, we missed May the fourth. We didn't get to have an episode out that day. We wanted to, but I was still kind of recovering. And uh, I got to tell you, I went buck wild on May the 4th, Brian. I, I spent all of all of my dollars on things. I bought a lot of things that I shouldn't have. But May the 4th always just gets me excited again, like for Star Wars. Maybe you go through like a little lull where you're like, I'm going to think about something else, read something else. But then May the 4th just comes around. It's like, hey, you love Star Wars. Here's all these things on sale that you were probably weren't going to buy, but now you should buy. And that's exactly what I did. I'm going to say I definitely saw that from you because you showed me a lot of the stuff that you bought. And I was like, wow, that's a lot of stuff. And it's awesome. I, I feel for me, it was a little bit different. And I and, and it's sad. But I feel like this was kind of, for me, a, another kind of bummer May the 4th because of COVID. Hmm. Just like, I don't know. Like, because nor- like around here, and I don't know, it's probably a national thing. I don't really pay too much attention. But May the 4th has often been right about when free comic book day is too. And there's all this fun stuff planned. And because of COVID, a lot of that stuff wasn't happening. And Free Comic Book Day, I think, got moved to like August or something. And so it was just kind of, it was cool, but kind of anticlimactic. So It was it was nice, though, um, seeing all the posts on social media and seeing everybody kind of show their love for Star Wars. And I, I love to see that. Yes, many, many funny memes. Uh, my favorite one is the one that shows the, uh, the ad-at and it says, guess what day it is? Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> that's it that's all it says <laughs> um i have to say also while i was while i was in the hospital i did read a star wars book i read uh leia princess of alderaan by um claudia gray um have you read that yes that's a great one. Oh, it is fantastic um maybe not her best star wars book but it's up there and we this is obviously a claudia gray fan podcast we love her on this show and that book's great so now I think, by the way, the only Star Wars new canon book I haven't read yet is, well, Victory's Price and Phasma. I haven't read Phasma yet, so that's probably going to be on my list for soon. 
I've got quite a few that I haven't read, but I own most of them. I've only got like two or three adult ones that I don't own right now. As far as Leia, Princess of Alderaan, I will agree with you that Leia, Princess of Alderaan, what's so cool about that book is that I think it's one of the main books in canon that gives us a look at a younger Leia. Mm-hmm. And and because it's it's a middle grade aimed book, I think, or a YA, it's a YA book. YA book, yeah. And so it gives us a look at like a younger Leia, and you get to see kind of how she's coming into herself, into her leadership role, and how she's so good at getting other people to kind of join the cause, kind of thing, which plays such a huge role in who she is later. Yeah, absolutely. We also get to meet a young Holdo, who is a fun character in that book. It was a fun character in Last Jedi. I actually really liked her. Um, and then there's a lot of hints of Leia being Force-sensitive, um, which is pretty fun when you when you kind of see where, where that ended up in the story. So that's that's cool. So Leia, Princess of Alderaan, great book. Read it if you want. <coughs> also Sorry. bought a lot of Star Wars comics for for May the 4th. I, w- I read through um, a lot of Dr. Aphra. I've been really on a Dr. Aphra kick. Yeah, I've got that omnibus. It's waiting for me. That, yeah, that's that'd be a nice like rainy day, you know, just settle down and read a bunch of that. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about what's going on um, with some Star Wars releases. We've got a lot of stuff to cover. So we'll start with what the most recent book that came out, not High Republic related, but maybe it is. Maybe we'll see. They'll tie together. I don't know. And that's um, the new Thrawn Ascendancy book. I'm in my bedroom right now looking at it. Um, that came out uh, April 27th or so. Um, and it's going to debut at number 10 on the New York Times bestseller list. It was just announced um, by Timothy Zahn, I think yesterday or today as of this recording. So really exciting there. Um, the Thrawn books are always huge sellers. People love those those books and love that character. I think I've said on this show, I'm not the biggest Thrawn fan, but I actually did enjoy Thrawn Ascendancy, the first one. Um, so looking forward to reading the second one probably really soon. And we won't have to wait too long because the third one is also coming out this year. Um, it's gonna. It's called Thrawn Ascendancy Lesser Evil, and that's coming out November 16th. So two Thrawn books in the same year. Um, and those books are long, by the way. They're about 400 plus pages. So Timothy Zahn is a machine, cranking those out. And excited for that book to come out uh, later this year. It looks like it's taking the date that the Mandalorian was probably earmarked for so uh, that's pretty exciting yeah and and just to point out that the first Thrawn Ascendancy book is called Chaos Rising the second is Greater Good and the third is the lesser evil that you were talking about and yes, I you. think I forgot what they were called <laughs> no totally totally uh, and and I think that we're you know whenever they do something like this when they're cranking out these Thrawn books and we just had a reference to Thrawn and uh, Mandalorian season two that seems like it's going to tie into the Ahsoka series. I think that, I think that there's a reason they're developing Thrawn for us before they put him live action. I think we're going to see him live action in Ahsoka or in something related. Yeah, that's a good call. And timing wise, it may line up where that that last Thrawn book comes out in November. We still don't know the timeline on Mandalorian season three, but you're right. You probably want to get that out uh, before uh, before that. He comes into live action. And I, I like those Thrawn books. <laughs> have you read any of the Thrawn books in the new canon yet? I have not read anything Thrawn ever. Okay. And, but I own all the original Thrawn, tri- like, well, I say the original, the, the original canon Thrawn trilogy. Um, uh, and I own Thrawn Chaos Rising. I have not bought Greater Good yet. Um, I, you know, it's funny. I've read, I've read a ton of new canon stuff. 
but then there's still like so much that I haven't read. So there's a lot and you read a lot of books. So I think it's okay. Yeah, I, I agree. I, <laughs> I agree that it's okay. I, it's, it's hard to balance. I, if I had my way, I would read like basically all star Wars all the time, but I've got to, I've got to read other stuff for work, but I enjoy, I enjoy all the reading. Uh, another book that we, that came out in the last month um, that we missed um, talking about was Skywalker, a family at war. Um, this was kind of a surprise release. I don't think we talked about it before it came out. And it's more or less a, a recap of the entire saga and just kind of traces the Skywalker lineage um, and shows the Star Wars saga from their perspective. I don't know too much about it. Um, I've heard it's pretty good, uh, but I have, I have I actually haven't even seen it in the wild myself yet. So that might be something I pick up um, later on down the road, not jumping at the bit to get that quite yet. And this book got a mix of like positive attention and shade in our Star Wars book groups on on Facebook, yeah, and social media, because uh, a lot of people loved it and and what it did, but also some people were saying that I guess it's like an unofficial book, and so mm. because of that, you know, they were kind of throwing shade at it a little bit. But in my mind, uh, there can never be too much Star Wars content, and if it's if it's something that's you know causing any damage to star Wars, it won't be long and Disney or Lucasfilms will sue them and it will no longer exist. So <laughs> if, it's, if it's still out there, it's probably all right. The next thing on my list, a lot of stuff was announced over the past uh, month or so is the star Wars essentials line, which is a, some re-releases of some of the legends books. So we just mentioned the, we just mentioned Thrawn. Um, he, uh, he made his first appearance in Heir to the Empire, which is getting a re-release with a new cover. We're also getting a re-release of the first Darth Bane book, Path of Destru uh, Destruction by Drew um, Kasperian, I think you pronounced his last name. That's a really good book, by the way. The Darth Bane trilogy is really good. And then um, Star Wars Shatterpoint by Matthew Stover. And they're all getting um, re-released in June under the Essential Legends Collection moniker with some new cool artwork. I pre-ordered um, Shatterpoint because I've actually never read it. And uh, Mace Windu is a pretty interesting character to me. I don't necessarily love him, but I think he's a really interesting character. So I wanted to read more. That's a uh, Clone Wars era Mace Windu book. And then Heir to the Empire, <laughs> of course, is, is the first Thrawn book. And then Darth Bane is an old Republic book about, uh, about Darth Bane. And I, I can't recommend that series enough. The Darth Bane series is pretty good. So excited for those. Hopefully we get more. Um, I've had I have mixed thoughts on legends in general. Um, there's some really great stuff, and there's some stuff that's really bad. Uh, but it seems like they're kind of honing in on the, the good stuff and re-releasing that. Um, and I can really hope they do a re-release of Shadows of the Empire because I love that book. Yeah, I, I know very little about most of these books. What I what I know about I know Darth Bane is one of the most sought, like one of the characters that most people are really hoping will be brought into canon uh from from legends i always hear people we need darth bane we need darth revan those those two characters um and so i would love to learn more about him and then definitely uh i'm familiar with heir to the empire i'm content not reading heir to the empire because i've got the canon series sure if i finish reading everything canon then that may be where i would go with legends but and i have no 
nothing against legends. I just have enough to read with canon. <laughs> totally. No, I feel the same way. And there's a lot of legends. I think there's like almost 200 legends books. So it's, it's daunting. And I feel like we're probably going to get a, a take on heir to the empire with the Mandalorian bad uh, Mandalorian Ahsoka, et cetera, series is probably going to adapt kind of the general themes from heir to the empire and, and fit it into the new canon. So um, you might not have to read it. Well, if that happens, you'll have to tell me that's what happened. <laughs> sure. You got it. <laughs> um, we also obviously have a lot of High Republic books coming out, which we've talked about. We have Rising Storm and Race to Crash Point Tower, both coming out on June 29th, so just a, a little bit over a month away. Very excited for that. And then Out of the Shadows is coming out July 27th. Um, Rising Storm, by the way, is by Kevin Scott. Race to Crash Point Tower is by Daniel Jose Older. And Out of the Shadows is by Justina Ireland. That's kind of our next wave of High Republic books. Really excited for those. Um, there's another, I don't know, if I, I wouldn't even say young reader, like very, very young reader book uh, coming out. And that is, um, we just talked about it today and I wrote it down. What is it called? Showdown at the Fair. Showdown at the Fair, yes. Um, that comes out in October. And that is going to kind of be, I believe, the tie-in to like Rising Storm. Um, the same way that the uh, that Light of the Jedi also had the the young children's junior novel type of thing or, uh, tied in with it. So that's pretty cool. Um, we did get some kind of a plot overview of kind of this next phase of High Republic books. And it has to do with the Galaxy's Fair. Did you see that? I didn't see that. I, I don't know how I missed that. Yeah. So it seems like, um, you know, the to kind of bring some positivity to the galaxy after the great disaster. Um, the uh, chancellor whose name I don't remember right now is throwing a galaxy's fair. Um, and obviously we, we can imagine that some, some bad stuff's going to happen there. So that's going to be the, the next wave. These uh, rising storm race to crash point tower and out of the shadows are going to cover that galaxy's fair. That sounds awesome. And I'm, uh, by the way, the chancellor's name is Lena. So got it. Thank yeah. you. But I'm 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 super excited about this next wave. You know, I did watch something where they were talking about all the High Republic stuff they have planned, and they were like, "We are." They were really trying to to highlight. They're like, "We are barely, barely, barely scratching the surface right now." There's so much planned, and that gets me so hyped. Dude, that is so exciting. I am so stoked for that because I thought maybe we were gonna get like they said there's gonna be three waves, right? And I thought, okay, we got our first wave in January. We're going to our next wave in June. We'll probably get another one early next year. Maybe that'll be it. But, like, it seems like we're in, like, just the beginning of the first wave. And that's really cool. Yes, I agree. Um, just going into <laughs> chronological order, um, a really cool thing that Marvel and Star Wars are doing are putting out some um, Pride-related covers for Pride Month, which is June. So um, I know Bounty Hunters... Uh, the I believe the main High Republic line for Marvel and then the main line Star Wars comic are all having um, Pride-related uh, covers with LGBTQ characters on the covers. Um, we have Lando, who's going to be on the cover of the Star Wars main line, Dr. Aphra on the cover of the Bounty Hunter ongoing series, and I don't know who's going to be on the cover of the High Republic series quite yet, but um, that's exciting and something that I'm happy that Star Wars is doing. Representation's always been a big thing for star Wars and um, you know, I'm looking forward to picking those up. And I'm, I'm going to say, and this is not at all to bash star Wars, but I wouldn't be surprised if some of 
their response to this, like making sure they're really hitting this LGBTQ representation is a result of the backlash from what people were hoping for in uh, the rise of Skywalker or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, many people were expecting Finn and, and Poe to hook up or, uh, and, Mar- and, and Star Wars was saying, we're going to have LGBTQ relationship in this. And it kind of ended up being a background thing and not a main character. And right. there was a, there was a lot of outcry from that because people were desperate to see some LGBTQ representation in Star Wars. There's so many big LGBTQ fans. So whether it was in response to that or they just like realized that they needed to do better, I think that, you know, Marvel and Star Wars have really stepped that up. And I, I really love that because I do think we need that kind of representation. So agreed. And that's one of the great things that Star Wars has done um, since Disney's taken over and Marvel as well. To your point is just representation um, across uh everything like we have uh you know a lot of female leads now in star wars we have lgbtq characters people of color all playing significant roles and i'm happy that they are doing that absolutely something else i'm really happy for is monster of temple peak limited comic series by kevin scott this guy is just cranking out a lot of high republic material right now um i believe this is a either a four or five issue limited series um comics being published by marvel um the first cover has been released it looks really cool the synopsis is ty Yurik is a former jedi who has now become a monster hunter and um that's all you need to know that sentence right there just sells me on on this comic as probably the thing i'm most excited for this year oh yeah i remember whenever we heard about this i messaged you immediately because i was like dude they just released a synopsis and it's a uh it's a monster hunter and i was like it's like Buffy the Vampire Slayer meets Star Wars meets maybe a hint of Indiana Jones or something like that. Yeah. And I was like, I am so down. I'm a huge Buffy the Vampire Slayer fan. I'm a huge Star Wars fan. I, I'm here for it. Bring it. Yeah, can't wait for that one. And if it's at the quality of the other High Republic comics we've gotten, <laughs> I'm sure it will be because Kevin Scott is a great author. Um, then that's going to be excellent. And I can't wait to talk about that. So Monster of Temple Peak comes out in August. I don't know the date, but it's coming out uh, this August is the first issue. Uh, speaking of August, August 31st, Kevin Scott dropping another High Republic book. This one is an audio uh, book exclusive, and that is Tempest Runner, um, which is uh, a story uh, from the perspective of Lorna D, one of the Tempest Runners um, and heads of the Nile, and um, that's really cool. Uh, if you've never listened to a Star Wars audiobook, they are so worth it. Um, I try to read most of the books, but there's some books that I do get on Audible. Um, and they are so great that they have some great narrators. There's music, sound effects, different. Um, sometimes there's different uh, actors in the cast and they just do such a great job. It's almost like a movie experience without actually seeing it. And it's really great. Can't wait for this one. And knowing what they've done in the past with books like the Dr. Aphra adaptation and, and, and Dooku Jedi Lost, this will probably get a print adaptation eventually. Yeah, and I, I want to say that one of the things I like about that, so first of all, as a completionist, I'll be definitely getting the audiobook and listening to it, the audio drama and listening to it, but I'll also be buying the physical books. And one right. of the things that I think is kind of cool about those physical books, if if you collect Star Wars books, if you collect the adult 
novels, they're all the same size. If you collect the young adult novels, all the young adult novels are the same size. If you collect the middle grade novels, all the middle grade novels are the same size. The children's books are the same size. And these uh, audio drama adaptation script books, they have their own unique size. And I think that's really cool. And then when you kind of like, I, I keep my books in a chronological order as best as I can tell the chronological order of when they happen in the Star Wars universe. And it's just kind of fun to have this sort of diversity of shapes and sizes and, and, and formats. Uh, it's probably something that only a librarian <laughs> would enjoy. Uh, I, from time to time, I open my books and smell them. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Oh, no, there's nothing better than a new smell, a new book smell. Yeah, new action figure smells pretty good, too, though. <coughs> um, yeah. Do you have, so you have, you have Dr. Afford, do you have uh, the Dooku book? Absolutely. I loved the Dooku book, actually. Yeah, it is really good. But um, so they, they have their own unique size. I actually didn't know that. That's really cool. Yeah, they're about the same height. They're, I, I think they're about the same height as either the YA or the adult, but they're narrower. Like the, the pages are not as wide. That's pretty neat. Yeah. Um, there's a couple books coming out that we've already talked about. Uh, Life Day Treasury in September. Really excited for that. We have um, something called a Vader Family Sithmas, which is a young reader book coming out in October. I'll, I'm sure I'll get that. We have um, the Visions Ronin book coming out in October. And then Queen's Hope uh, in November. So we've talked about all those. Um Two other books that just got announced I wanted to talk about was collect the collection of insider stories. So um, if you read Star Wars Insider, um, they always have a short story um, usually in, in there. And they're going to be publishing a bunch of those um, in something called the Fiction Collection Volume. Well, they already released Volume 1, which is all legend stuff. And then Volume 2 is going to be all new canon uh, fiction stories. That's coming out September 28th. And that includes... Uh, the High Republic stories that have been published in Insider. So that's pretty exciting. Um, I saw the the first fiction collection. It's actually a beautiful book. So I'm looking forward to getting the second one. And then, uh, you have anything on that, by the way, before I move on? Nothing other than excitement. And then the book that I just found out about, like, today, like, right before we were recording, and I'm super, super, super excited for it. <laughs> I don't know anything about this book other than uh, the title of the book is... Are you ready for this? Are you ready? BB-8 and the Snow Monster, January 4th, 2022. Already, uh, I'm looking forward to 2022 for that book because that has to be the wackiest, goofiest, fun stuff. BB-8 and the Snow Monster. So I feel like I might have seen this book. And it and it and I think it was like the kind of like hardcover children's book like BB-8 on the Run is. If, yes. if, if you've seen that book. And I loved that book. I loved reading that to my kids. So, yeah, I'm down for it. Yeah, uh, it says the young reader. It's about 70 pages, so probably along those lines, I'm guessing. Yeah, if, 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 if it's the same kind of book as that, I, I loved it. Then in some bummer news, um, at least it's a bummer to me because I'm really looking forward to Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga. I've had it pre-ordered <laughs> on my Switch for like a year and that is, has been delayed indefinitely. It was supposed to release this month. And now um, rumors I'm hearing are 2022 for that game. And that is such a bummer. So Lego Star Wars games are so much fun. Lego games in general are so much fun. But that one is something I'm really looking forward to. Um, and that's been delayed. So 
I, uh, I really needed my St Lego Star Wars fix, so I got the Lego Star Wars Clone Wars on my Xbox on May the 4th because it was on sale for $3. Um, I've been playing that, which has been fun, but was really looking forward to the Skywalker Saga, and that's been delayed for a while, unfortunately. Yeah, my I, my son didn't know too much about that, but I was planning on buying that for me and my son to play together because he loves Star Wars and the Lego games. So It's just a perfect match. That's all we got for news. Anything else that you had for news? Uh, not off the top of my head. I think that's it. I mean, that was plenty. There's a lot going on in the world of Star Wars. Yeah. And then we got a new TV show. And I don't want to spend too much time talking about it because Brian's only seen the first episode so far. Um, there's two out at the time of this recording. We have um, Aftermath is the first episode, which is a fun title, you know, tying into some of our Star Wars books. Um, and then uh, Cut and Run is the second episode. And we won't talk about that because I know Brian hasn't seen it yet. We really won't spoil anything here. But just what are your initial thoughts so far on The Bad Batch? Well, first of all, is the second episode the same length as the first? Because the first was like 70 minutes long. Yes, uh, it is not. <laughs> okay. So I was it's, it's, a regular, it's a regular episode of like 20, 25 minutes. And all the episodes for the rest of the season are going to be that long. That's what I was thinking might be the case. I loved the first episode, man. I, I loved it. There's so many characters to get interested in. It didn't take me long to really hate. Uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Crosshair. Cro Crosshair, yeah. D didn't take me long to hate that dude, Like, uh, which is good. I mean, that's what, how you should feel about a character that's going to do the things that he does in the story. Mm -hmm. uh, I... We were both, I, I don't think this is spoiling and I'm not going to go very far in depth, but we were both very surprised by a character that was in the movie or in the show early. Yes. Uh, and, and I don't know if you want to say more than that or leave it there if that's too many, if that's spoilery, but it was, it was cool. I know it's caused some controversy, but um, I'm, uh, that sounded weird. Controversy. That yeah. it's, it's raised some controversy, but uh, for me, I'm able to sometimes sort of suspend the, you know, not everything's going to line up 100% of the time, and that's okay. But uh, I love that. I love the characters in the story, both the guys and, you know, all the dudes in the Bad Batch, but also uh, Omega. Uh, and there's a robot. I don't remember the, the, the droid's name. I said robot. That's not Star it's Wars. It's got like a super long name, but it's really cool. And you made a great analogy of it, reminding you of um, Marvin from Hitchhiker's Guide. Absolutely. A little, little peppier, but but ultimately, it reminded me in a lot of ways of Marvin the Paranoid Android. Hitchhiker's Guide is my all-time favorite book, so I was happy to hear you say that. Yeah, it's good stuff. Um, yeah, I agree. Time. I think Bad Batch is wonderful. Uh, I love... I mean, Clone Wars is my favorite Star Wars thing ever, so more Clone Wars in any form, even if it's this form, is, is great. Um, I love being able to wake up early on a Friday morning and eat my breakfast and watch new Star Wars. Like, there's nothing more exciting to me than that. My wife gets up a couple hours after me, so I hang out with my daughter. When she gets up, I feed her her bottle, and we watch uh, we watch Bad Batch, and it's really awesome. It's really, really cool. Um, yes, I saw a lot of the conversation about the beginning of the first episode and how it contradicts some stuff that's been in comics <laughs> and novels already, and... I want to just go on record. It doesn't really contradict it that much. Um, it doesn't really retcon too much. The same general things happen, just a little bit differently. And um, as Obi-Wan Kenobi said it, um, it's from a certain point of view. So that's kind of my view on everything. 
canon with Star Wars. Sometimes things, uh, you know, are a little different from a novel to a TV show to a movie, whatnot, but generally the same. And it's from a certain point of view. So uh, you can't really get hung up on those small details, in my opinion. Yeah, I like to... I love that so much stuff connects, but if there's ever like a thing that doesn't connect exactly, like perhaps this doesn't, this one little, this one little bitty piece of the show, which is really not what the show is about at all. It's just right. this one little bitty piece. I'm just like, it's still a great show and the characters are great characters. And that character that does or does not align is a great character. And we won't, I guess, talk about that character, which makes sense because it could be spoilery, but I highly recommend that you watch it because it's greatness. And um, Omega is awesome. She's a great character. And I've already seen people saying like, she's the new, she's the new, new Grogu and new baby Yoda. And, and everyone's like, Oh, we love Omega. And she's way better than Grogu, which just as a joke, but kind of like, all right, this is our new cool, fun, <coughs> cute character that we're going to latch on to. And I have a lot of theories about where that character is going to go. I guess my, tying it back to what our overall theme of the show is, do you think we're going to see any ties to High Republic error or maybe any nods or Easter eggs from High Republic error and Bad Batch? I don't know. I I haven't thought about it too, too much yet, honestly. Um, I, I don't know if it'll tie into High Republic, but I could see it tying into, you know, a lot more other stuff. And I, and I have to say this just real quick while, while I, while I've got the mic, uh, but the, uh, my immediate thought too with Omega uh, appearance wise and even some of her personality, she reminded me of the princess from the never ending story. Oh, okay. So look guys, I was born in the eighties. I've got to make these eighties connections. It's official. It, it's official law. If you were born prior to 1990 or at least 1987, maybe you've got to make these eighties uh, connections. I don't really like the never ending story. Is it because the horse dies? Yeah. No, I just, I didn't, it, it, I'm going to, I'm going to put it out there. It's like Goonies where it's one of those things that I feel like I should have watched as a child and I would have much more appreciation, but I didn't watch it until I was an adult. And I was like, ah, nah, that was my kind of general feeling on it. I, I will say, I will say this one thing that's not related at all. And then we can move on. I, I saw the other day, somebody posted a picture of a cosplay at Comic-Con and they dress like Atreyu, right? Which is the kid. Yeah. They, I'm terrible with names. They dress like Atreyu and they bring like a horse's head. And they, <laughs> they put the horse's head down on the ground and they act out the scene where the horse is dying in quicksand. And they're like, because I like to run Comic-Con for everyone, this is how I dress at Comic-Con. And I was <laughs> like, that is so messed up. Have, you ever, have you ever cosplayed? I have not, but I will say I feel like maybe more freedom to do it now, but I think, you know, I, I weigh 315 pounds and I, I feel like, you know, depending on the kind of cosplay you do, I just don't fit a lot of characters. They don't put a lot of heavy people in shows, you know? Um, but I will say in Star Wars, I do feel like there's some room where I could do that. So if I was ever going to do cosplay, it would probably be Star Wars cosplay. Okay. We'll have to do that one time as a Star Wars cosplay. And when this podcast gets world famous and we're invited to conventions, you know. I, I've, I've discussed hiring someone to make me a, a Jedi librarian's outfit. That would be cool. That would be really, really cool. 
Yes. I was pretty big into cosplay for a while when I was going to New York Comic Con. Um, always did like homemade costumes. Um, I was Lewis Tully from Ghostbusters. That was a big one. And then I was uh, Robin, which is my kind of a very famous costume that I've had. I was 1960s Burt Ward Robin, <laughs> which I actually wore that costume at the very first Backyard Superhero Show, too. Little, very little short green shorts, and that's how the short shorts for Backyard Superheroes came into play. So there, that's the history there. <laughs> you know what it was? Well, they're like, we're going to start a band. And I joined the band. It's a little side note. And I'm like, yeah, okay, totally. And they're like, we're going to be called Backyard Superheroes. And we're going to be like the Aquabats, where we always dress as superheroes. I'm like, um, okay, I guess if that's what you want to do. So for our first show, everyone dressed in these kooky costumes. And I wore my Robin costume, my, my short shorts and my tights and everything. And um, then after that, they're like, we're going to stop doing this. This was dumb. So after our first show, which, by the way, was nine years ago today as of this recording. Isn't that interesting? Oh, happy uh, concert anniversary! Yes, um, that was our first show. And um, after that, they're like, yeah, we're going to stop doing this. But I was like, well, I, I have my short shorts, so I'm just going to continue to wear short shorts. And about 200 shows later, I've worn short shorts every show. So, so that's an interesting side story. Well, just just a quick note on you wearing that robin costume i'm going to quote uh the great mel brooks movie robin hood men in tights you gotta be a real man to wear tights <laughs> um british, right. british people everywhere are like please god never give it never try and do an accent again <laughs> so that gets us through a lot of our news i know we we haven't had a an episode in over a month so we had a lot to talk about um and, and it's been nice catching up with brian as well um, but we have to go into a discussion on issue four of Marvel Comics High Republic series, um, which was pretty exciting. Issue five drops tomorrow. as Well, we're recording this on the 11th. It's going to be coming out um, later in the week. But it, issue five comes out on the 12th. Um, so looking forward to reading that. Um, just a quick recap from the beginning of the comic. This is High Republic chapter four, Song of the Drangir. And it is uh, bringing us up to speed with a derelict hut ship, a Nile incursion, missing, missing colonists. Starlight's Jedi hunt for answers leads them into a deadly trap set by the monstrous Drengir. Cut off from aid, Jedi Keeve Trennis, Marshal Avar Chris, and Jedi Serret must face this terrifying threat alone. But the Drengir now control Jedi Master, Master Skier, the first target for the, Jedi, the Drengir's Dark Harvest, his former apprentice, Keeve. So if you remember, we left off. Skier um, <coughs> had kind of been corrupted or joined the Drangir. Um, and uh, Avar and Keeve had gotten captured. And Sarah was already captured. And meanwhile, on Starlight Beacon, um, a, they brought the carcass of a, or the, the corpse of a dead hut aboard, and we're investigating what potentially killed this hut. So that brings us up to speed of where we are when this comic starts. Um, I thought this was a pretty good issue. Um, a lot of action in this issue, probably more action than we've had in other books so far. Um, pretty much dominated early on by a lot of uh, conversation where Keeve is trying to talk some sense into Skier and say, you know, what, what's happening? Why are you doing this? Don't let them corrupt you um, until we learn at the end, of course, there is a little bit of a, a twist. 
that was kind of confusing to me. Um, Skier says that he was kind of deep undercover, um, but I don't know if I necessarily believe that. He seemed like he did, was a little corrupted by the drink gear. How did you interpret that? Um, I don't know. It's interesting. You know, visually, obviously, long pause, dead air. Great for podcasts. Sorry about that. <laughs> That's uh, okay. But the uh, it's it's interesting because you know one of the things they do visually in the comic is that when he is talking as himself, his word bubbles are white. When he's t- with with black text, when he's talking under the corruption of the drink gear, his word bubbles are black with white text. And there are times where he starts to talk white white bubble black text and switches to black bubble white text. So there's it seems like there's some sort of battle going on within him there. Um. After he sort of, you know, and, and I definitely want to go back and hit some stuff earlier in the story. Sure, but, sure. But after he sort of uh, comes out and says, I had to let the Dringir take control so that I could learn about it, basically, is what he says. His speech doesn't shift, really, except for, for a brief moment where he's beating the, the, the stuffing out of the guy who <laughs> sort of sold out the Jedi. <clears throat> and so... I think that he may not be fully back in control. Um, there may still be some drink gear. Um, and one of the things that we see, and uh, obviously you should have read this before you listen to this podcast because spoilers, but uh, one of his arms is completely like drink gear. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's vines and stuff after that. Um, and it seems like his regular arm is not going to grow back like this arm is like a permanent part of him now. And so if that's still Drangir and it's attached to him, there's got to be some percentage of him that's still Drangir. So. Yeah, I think that's really cool. Um, Having a very powerful Master Jedi that has kind of a dark side to him, a little bit of uh, aggression. Now, kind of, you know, maybe 30% or 20% of his body is now you know, drank gear and that that's really neat. I did not see that coming. But I guess my, my question is, do you think he was deep undercover the entire time? He knew what he was doing? Or was he actually being corrupted by the drink gear and kind of played it off like, no, nah, no, nah, this is my plan all along? I, I feel like I can't answer that. I feel like I don't know. Like, I'm I'm literally right on the fence. It could go either way for me. Um. He is talked about a lot as being like one of the most powerful. And so in that sense, I want to say, yes, he could be. But seeing some of the things that we saw, right, like him in a previous issue, like completely mutilating uh, one of the one of the members of uh, the I'm losing the word here. The Nile. Yep. Uh, I. I can't imagine anyone being connected to the force as a Jedi and doing that. So yeah, it's tough to say. So going back through the story a little bit, um, I know you said there's a lot of things that you wanted to hit on to me. The kind of the most interesting thing is that the drink gear seemed to be in cahoots um, with the Sith. I think we, we had learned that from the Claudia gray book a little bit, but it's actually um, visualized here where the Sith were using them seemed to, uh, maybe to fight some battles for them or the Sith were trying to to gain some energy from them. And eventually the Sith were like, wow, these guys are, are pretty dangerous, so we're going to shut them down. I thought that was cool. Yeah, it kind of shows them saying like, uh, 
you're destructive, we're destructive, we don't totally trust each other, but let's go destroy together and, and conquer the universe. And then the Sith are like, we can't control you. And if we don't control, if we can't control you, we have to shut you down. And so they're the ones that put the, the drink gear to sleep, mm -hmm. uh, which is definitely interesting. First time we've really seen red lightsabers in the High Republic. First time we've seen Sith characters. We've, we've heard them talked about. But uh, cool to sort of see that, like, really visualized. Do you mind if I go back to something at the very beginning real quick? Yeah, go for it. We jump around a little bit. That's fine. So the very beginning of the book, we've got this sort of flashback where Skier is teaching uh, Keeve how to do this giant force jump. And I was like, this is totally mirroring what we got in The Light of the Jedi, Right. Yep. Between uh, which were the I'm, you know I'm terrible at names. Do you remember the characters' names? It was Loden Greatstorm and Bell. Bell Zedifer, Zedifar or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, because we have that exact same scene in Light of the Jedi where he's teaching him how to do those giant jumps. But Loden is like, "You got this," and basically shoves him off a cliff, <laughs> and has someone at the bottom to catch him. And we have Skier who is very encouraging, says, you can do this. Keeve tries to do it and fails, and he catches her from the top and raises her back up using the Force and then sort of encourages her again and lets her go. So super cool that there's sort of this mirror image like of teaching the exact same skill and seeing two very different Jedi Masters teaching their Padawans two very different ways. And I also think it really shows the character of Skeev, which is so important if we're going to believe that he can overcome the, the Dringir. Yes. And then of course, to your point, there's still the part later on where he goes to, they talk to, I don't know if he's the constable or some sort of uh, person of power who did sell them out and was aware, seemed to be aware that the Dringir were on the planet, maybe had some sort of arrangement with them and scared lets loose on him and and you know avar has to calm him down and say hey this is not what we do which we've seen in i think a couple of the issues where either keeve or, or avar was like hey scared you're being really super extra right now this is not how the jedi roll so i what a really great character skier is and i'm, I'm just so interested to see where it goes um and, and how he evolves and how him now being Heart drain gear kind of influences his character going forward. And there's also this great throwaway joke uh, where uh, Keeve is talking to Skier about his new drain gear arm. And she's like, your arm's so viney, which I thought was kind of like a playoff of like weightlifters and being like, it's so veiny. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, it was like a, a really bad throwaway joke, but I was like, I love it. I want more of it. She's super fun. And a, a lot of the Padawans that we've had so far in the High Republic are all super fun. And they have this, um, this youthful energy. You know, I, even Belle, we talked about um, the Padawans from uh, Into the Dark. Like, we have so many fun, youthful Padawans who bring a lot of levity to the story. Because I feel like a lot of the Jedi Knights and Jedi Masters, Skier, and we've talked about Avar Chris and our impressions of her, are a little bit more serious. So I'm happy that the Padawans can bring that, that sense of levity. Which, speaking of Padawans, we get this scene later, and I definitely wanted to talk about this scene too, where we get to see Emery and Vernestra yeah. on, on 
the uh, Starlight Beacon? Or were you going to go to this scene next? Because I don't want to. No, yeah, go ahead. Off. So, of, <laughs> so I love. They're like examining the Hut's body, and they're like, "Are you know, is this is everything good? Are we cool?" And they're like, the the Jedi Masters who are examining the body are like, "Yeah, we're using the absolute best quarantine protocols." Which, as a a, a country that's you know been in quarantine for the last year. <laughs> I'm like, is it the best quarantine? Because Emery and Vernestra have no gear on. Nobody's wearing a face mask over their nose and mouth. Uh, I'm pretty sure nobody's been vaccinated. They're just digging into this dead corpse body. And uh, and it's fun to see kind of Emery and Vernestra kind of react differently, those characters in a different setting than their books. And then like the grossest thing, <laughs> the grossest <laughs> thing happens. And I love it. Would you like to uh, talk about it? Yeah, I'm looking at the the splash page on it right now. We get a Drengir erupting from the stomach of a dead hut, and it is the it is glorious. the The colors are are really well done. The the Drengir blue and greens kind of against the the hut's uh, brownish colors look really sharp. And there's a nice big slurk action noise there, and it's really fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's. That is straight. There's so many we've talked about before the drink here, like definitely something straight out of a horror movie. And like, there's a moment where like Emery's like, uh, we got a problem because Hut's hand starts to move. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then a giant plant just rips through the body and like attacks them. And I'm like, <laughs> it doesn't get more horror than that. Yeah. And then, and speaking of Hut's, that's where we kind of end up. And that's where it looks like we're going to have a, a third villain kind of introduced here into the high Republic. And that is um, the Hut Cartel. I don't know if they say the name of the actual Hut that shows up. I don't think they do. But the Hut Cartel comes uh, and confronts Skier and Keeve and Avar at the very end of the comic. And now we have a dead Hut on Starlight Beacon. We have the Hut Cartel with our heroes. And just another obstacle here, which is just going to be really fun because the Huts are always really fun characters. And we talked about it earlier on, too. The Huts seem to be uh, involved in either the development or the, the trade of some of the ingredients that are going to create Bacta. So it, it's interesting to see this all come together and, and see where it goes. Yeah. I, I, it, I think a lot of us were like, man, there's so much going on with the Nile and with the, the Dringir. It's just so much. And the people that make Star Wars were like, you know what? Let's throw something else in. Like, I mean, why, why not? Let's just throw it all up against the wall and see what sticks. And it's Star Wars, so probably everything will stick because it can be wacky and out there and over the top. And, I mean, these are the Jedi at their prime, right? Let's give them something to go up against. Yeah, they need they need some serious obstacles. And, you know, if, if a group of pirate marauders with no moral code wasn't enough, let's throw in uh, a an alien plant force that even the Sith were kind of afraid of. And uh, while we're at it, let's have some huts. Absolutely. It's awesome. I I love the High Republic, dude. It just makes me so happy to see the talk about. And, and it's so good for exactly what we've talked about. So, so much is wanting star Wars to feel big. I know um, the, the people over at star Wars explained uh, Alex and Molly. One of the things that Alex says a lot is that he wants star Wars to feel big and so when everything is so connected all the time sometimes it feels like they're making it too small and and the way that the huts do kind of connect it to other things but also it's sort of widening the universe to say there are a lot 
of of challenges to face in this universe. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And I'm one of those people too who wants the galaxy to feel big. And I've been critical of of some of the storytelling, especially in like Mandalorian, where I felt like it it had the, the opportunity to really expand the galaxy and then kind of brought in some similar characters and stuff. And I liked what happened, obviously, but it just I was a little skeptical on that at first. Um I definitely feel, just going back to like the Bad Batch, that makes that first episode, especially when we see Palpatine kind of giving that speech that we know from Revenge of the Sith, for whatever reason, when I watched it in Bad Batch, it hit me like, yeah, the galaxy is really big. Because you have to think. The galaxy knew the Jedi. Like, average people like you and I would be like, oh, yeah, we know of the Jedi. And if, like, you know, a a a, a at that time, beloved authority figure got on TV and was like, yo, look at me, I'm all scarred. The Jedi did this. I think most people would probably believe that. And it, it really explains that, like, you know, from Revenge of the Sith to A New Hope, people kind of forgot and stopped trusting the Jedi. And I think that's, it just hit me when I, when I was watching uh, when I was watching Bad Batch. And, and my point is that that made the galaxy feel bigger. We don't often think about, like, you know, the billions and trillions of just average citizens in Star Wars that are probably, you know, it makes it makes it easier to swallow that how the Empire came to power is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that takes us to the end of Marvel issue four. Uh, like I said, <laughs> it was a eventful issue. It feels like it went by really quickly. Um, and I'm still looking forward to to where this series is going to go. And I'll be reading the next issue tomorrow. Um, I haven't caught up with IDW and I've been, you know, vocal about saying I like the IDW series a little bit better. So looking forward to, to, to catching up on that myself. Have you read those yet? I've read one of the two. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and obviously that's going to be our next, uh, probably our next episode, right? Yeah. Covering, covering, covering those two IDW. I've read one of the two and I want to say too, I think we're getting close to where the cutoff is going to be for the first trade paperback of each of these titles. Because yes. one of one of them goes to episode to issue five, and one of them goes to issue four. I don't remember which is which, but so we're getting close to the end of the first trade paperback, which is kind of interesting to think about. Um, but with the IDW ones, I did watch the next episode, and I really watched the next episode. I read the next <laughs> book, and I really, really like it. Like, I really like this. I really like a lot of stuff that they did with this. But yeah, I do think still at the moment, the IDW is just a little bit ahead for me and there's some stuff in the next issue that i cannot wait to talk to you about and i can't wait to see what happens in the issue after that i'm going i'm downloading issue three right now i'm going to read it right before bed tonight so i'm looking forward to that and looking forward to speaking with you again brian um on our next episode which will be back on a normal cadence and we'll be talking about those idw issues and a lot of books coming out in the next couple months um we have uh, end of June hitting hitting hard again with some High Republic books. So before we go, I know you have uh, you have some stuff you want to talk about. Uh, anything you want to plug? Yeah, so this is normally the part of the podcast where we talk about where you can find us online. And so I'm the Rudy Librarian, uh, which you can find me on pretty much all social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. I even have a, a TikTok, but I have done absolutely nothing with that <laughs> except for lurk and watch other scan star wars tiktokers um but i will say that uh supposed supposed to drop tomorrow which today is uh may 11th so tomorrow may 12th uh 
my new podcast, The Rudy Librarian, will be dropping. Uh, we'll see if everything goes according to plan. It's my first time to try and, and launch it. But the, uh, the, Rudy, the Rudy Librarian is about talking about ska and talking about books and sometimes the intersections of those things. And I'm very excited for our first episode. I'm interviewing uh, you know, sort of a hero of mine. My favorite ska band of all time is Five Iron Frenzy. I've loved them since I was 13. And I will be 39 tomorrow, so 26 years. Um, and I get to interview Leonore Ortega Till, who's the saxophone player for Five Iron. She is super awesome. We talk about everything from, uh, you know, obviously ska music, uh, touring, uh, the costumes that they wore on stage. She dressed as a hura for a, a whole tour. Uh, we talk about uh, the pranks that are pulled when you're touring with other bands. We talk about serious things like school shootings and, and uh, gun control. And then we talk about the books that she loves. And it's, it, it's a lot of fun. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, cannot wait. And, you know, maybe one day you'll have me on the show. I, you know, I'm pretty good on podcasts. I would, I would love to have you on the show. Uh, spoiler alert. I've already booked him on the show. It's just going <laughs> to be a while. It's going to be a, f- a few episodes before him. But I'm looking forward to having him on. Yeah, I'm easily accessible. Ryan could just be like, hey, you want to do this today? I'd be like, yeah, okay, as long as I'm, you know, not in the hospital. Right. Um, it's, hard, it's harder to do podcasts from the hospital for some reason. And I'm, I'm joking about that, but I do want to say on a serious note again, um, it was nice to, to do this. It, it felt like a little bit of normalcy again. And, and as I get my some normalcy back in my life, I, I do appreciate everybody who reached out and everybody who kept me in their thoughts and prayers. Um, you know, uh, COVID is no joke, folks. Wear your mask, get your vaccines, and, and still social distance as much as you can, please, because uh, I've seen firsthand what it can do. Um, but thank you, Brian, for, for being supportive and for continuing to do this podcast with me. Thank you, everybody, for supporting us and, and interacting with us online, Instagram, Facebook, et cetera, et cetera. And um, that's all I got. Brian, anything else? Yes. Well, we need to talk about where they can find you and what you're doing. Oh, yeah. I uh, I have another podcast called Monster Rally Podcast. We just released um, our latest episode on the movie Son of Frankenstein, which is where a lot of the movie Young Frankenstein was based on. So it's really fun. Um, recorded that and watched that movie while I was had a COVID fever dream. So I get really, really wacky on that show. So it's really fun to, to give a listen to. And then, uh, as we've mentioned, I play in a band called Backyard Superheroes. We just released a new single called Music in My Head that's right now exclusively on Bandcamp. We'll be streaming everywhere come June. Um, why we have it exclusive on Bandcamp is because we can uh, fundraise that way, and we are fundraising for um, a local LGBTQ um, organization here in New Jersey. So all proceeds that we're making from the sale of that single and from the sale of um, some of our new merchandise are going to that organization. So. Um, check it out. Give it a listen. Let me know what you think. And uh, if you have if you have the the funds, please please purchase the single or or a t shirt and uh, help us support a great charity and organization. So that's what we got going on. Um, thanks for hanging out with me here uh, till the late hours of the evening, Brian. I know both of us are tired and want to go to sleep. So um, anything else, Brian? I'm already asleep. I'm sorry. You'll have to wrap up on your own. I think uh, I thought you were asleep the entire time. I just kept talking. I'm like, where's Brian? Is he here? Thank you very much. Brian, have a great birthday. And uh, everyone else, until next time, we are all the Republic.